My, my job's easy. I'm just asking questions. Um, Prince has to do all the answering of them. And um, there was something that, that we've seen in Prince which we felt that he was able to impart to us. And so that's what I'm, I'm keen for us to get today. Um, he has a massive story. And he reminds me every time I say, okay, can you tell your story? You've got five minutes. Um, he says it's a little bit difficult to do it within five minutes. So he's got a little bit longer, but not much longer today. Um, and uh, I will interject with questions at different points. But we spent some time trying to boil, boil down the big story to get to what, what is it that he carries. So in the, since 2009, I've been to Sierra Leone four times, and so has Nathan. And each time we've met with Prince and his team, we've seen there's something that these guys have in the way of faith that kind of reminds us of Richard Cole and what something that we really need as a community to, to be able to walk in that. And um, there was three things that we saw that I'm then going to leave to Prince to try and help unpack how he got to that situation. So there was a point where there's lots of things coming against what they were trying to do. Lots of plotting and planning and scheming of, of those that would want to hinder the work. And we sat with Prince and said, okay, right, how are we going to do? If he's going to say this, then we need to do that. And if they do this, then we need to move over here and do, do these things. And, but Prince, what, what is it you want to do? And he said, it, it doesn't matter. No one can take this work away from us because no one gave it to us. This is a God-given thing. This is our calling. We've not got to worry about it. It means that he could be very open-handed because he knows that it can't be stolen and it can't be blocked. This position of faith also see a level of energy, endurance, just up for the fight, up for the battle, up to keep going through challenge after challenge. So my question to you, how did you become this man of faith? Well, it wasn't a seed like planted on the soil, but it was planted in me. I strongly believe that uh, from the beginning, the almighty God, his hands was upon my life. Um, I can still remember the time that I was below 15, say 14 to 16. We were so much in the jungle, but so many we are unable to make it to the city. So many we are unable to make it to their villages, to their parents. Um, because of the love of God and his hands upon my life, he was able to deliver me. Even though when I witnessed so many ugly situations in the jungle, but he took me through. But by then, the thing was planted before the war. It was planted because, like, the, the, the family I was with, we were Christian. And the first thing my uncle's son did was to lead me to Christ at that childhood. So I was just recalling that thing was planted in me before even I was captured. But in the jungle, I was uncomfortable with the situation, totally uncomfortable. While others were like, okay, this is our place. Let's do what we can. You know, we have gone under the influence of God. We can do anything we feel like. But I was a bit comfortable simply because 
what I was doing was not in line with what has been planted in me, which is of God. So at the end, I had to escape. So that thing that was planted in me was like going gradually and was the thing that was communicating directly with the Spirit of God that helped me out. So there was a... So what... Your lovely face. Um, there was something that, that happened in those early days, even before the war. I find that quite encouraging. If you catch a snapshot of Prince between 15 and 18, you, you would see a very different man to what you see today. But something that was put into him through the faithfulness of others around him was still there. We were praying for our 16-plus group over uh, on, on Tuesday night. I find it very, very reassuring. What has God already put into these people, like what he already put into Prince, that we can just pray into rebirth? So, Prince, from there, you, you went to the home. Rich, Richard rescued you, brought you into the home, and there was a sense of rekindling this that was there. So what was it? Richard was a key, key factor. What were the things that Richard did for you? Well, as the definition goes, we know faith doesn't just come by imagination, I suggest thinking, you know, but it comes by hearing. And there are some things that Richard did to me personally that you know, affected my life positively. Um, one was love. Richard showed me love. I can still recall the time that I was caught. Uh, people were not happy, actually. That mood. It was really serious. People had wanted like, to even kill me that present moment. But Richard showed love. In the midst of wicked people, in the midst of people that wanted to kill me, you know, Richard showed up. And he extended his arm and said, hand over this young man to me. Love is one of the things I will, not, I will not forget in my life. Richard extended that to me. And Richard also rescued me in terms of feeding. I was in the street. I never had what to eat. But like Richard took me to his house. Started feeding me, providing for me, clothing me. And I will not forget that. He also said, I'll be your parent, if even you don't have mom and dad now, I was having that capacity. And indeed, he proved that to me. I keep saying to Jeremy, it's not only by saying it. Um, I always look at what people do to me. Then I define If even you don't say it, but you do it to me, you do good to me, you know, I define it. So when Richard said that to me, I was like, let me watch and see. I'm waiting to see. And exactly proved that to me. He didn't deviate from his statement. He served as a parent to me. He most times said, uh, Guy, I'm not grooming up boys, but men. By then, we were like, it was difficult for us to understand him. Sorry, 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 my phone. Take his phone from him in front of a hundred people. <laughs> I know you're worried. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not, Richard used to say, I'm not going to be not boys, but men. By then, we were boys. You know, we found it very difficult to understand, Richard. What's the man is about? Not grooming up men, but boys. But of late, we came to realize that, yes, Richard was like planting something in us. Even when we were boys, but he was planting something, you know, to become, you know, matured men in society. And indeed, that's shown up in the time of the saga within the, 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 the ministry. It's, it, it signals clearly within the, 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 the moment of saga and the lifeline ministry, Sierra Leone. So, he sometimes calls us and say, um, you need to undo, unlearn to learn. Meaning some of us, well, we had some characters learned in the jungle, the streets. He would just come and say, you need to unlearn to learn. We most times find it difficult to understand him. One day we asked him, he said to us, there are characters you've already practiced. You are practicing them now. You've already embraced them. You need to let them go and try to understand God's own character. So meaning, the bad characters, the bad things we've learned in the jungle, in the streets, because so many of us had those similar stories in the home by then. We were like holding on them in the home. He said, no, you need to let them go and take the new one. And he kept saying this to us. It's, he was not the kind of man who would just come and say, oh, thank you for what you've done. Oh, yes, you've done well. No. He will first lambast you, blast for you, then after which he will come and console you. Oh, what you've done in this year and this year, that's good. Well, that was the kind of man. We're missing him, actually. We're now missing him. He most time lived on the side with us. Even when he was sick, seriously, it was a fight to take Richard from the side to the hospital. He preferred in the night hour calling us. By then, we had up to three different groups, SAS and the rest of it, who just called. Come and pray for us. Even when he was sick, midnight, Richard will wake up, enter into the dormitory, because it's a big hall. Those of you that have visited Sarelian, you understand what I'm talking of. He will visit us. Sometimes he'll meet us sleeping, just like Jesus with his disciples. He'll wake us. Oh, gentle guys, wake up. We need to pray. At 2 a.m. Uh, Prince, is, is this the time where PJ would go and sleep in the field so he wouldn't be caught? <laughs> it wasn't PJ alone. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we had a garden behind the compound. You know, cassava trees were there. You see guys who just sneak, and they will fall under the cassava stick. <laughs> because Richard will start searching in the classrooms, but will not see anybody. <laughs> Richard sometimes tonight, like, where are these guys? Where are these guys? Where can I find these guys? <laughs> Only to him that guys are under the cassava sticks. <laughs> but that was just the kind of man situation. It was just grooming up for us, like training us. He was training us. Wow. We enjoy being with him. Though he's not with us now, but he really trained us to be who we are today, especially me. I'm appreciating him. Even though he's not today alive, but I'm seeing him. 
Uh, basically, in relation to your question, I want to end with this. Richard helped me in so many ways of which I cannot mention everything here today, but these are some of the things he showed to me, and I was able to realize that, yes, God was using Richard to reach me. So in terms of how did you become this man of faith? We see that there was already that deposit in you from from being a child. The jungle just didn't suit you when you were a child soldier. There was a sense that God had called you to something more. The use of someone like Richard Cole to demonstrate God's love for you and hope, that was was a key thing in building that that faith. I, I asked Prince the other day, how can I have your faith? And he said, start with love. I thought that's very interesting. And that's what Richard demonstrated to him and what he experienced. Richard would constantly teach these guys, what, talk about the future of them, the, the, the next step, that he's not raising up boys but men. He used to tell the guys, you, you are the light of Kuntula. You are, you are the ones that are going to bring a difference. This was talking to those that had caused destruction. They, it, was, it was a challenge for them. And even Richard's testimony, you said, really impacted yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. In relation to that, um, by then, Kuntula was... There was no electricity. It was really a dark place by then. It was like a village setting where we found God now we can. There was a time I invited some. I just want to digress a bit. I invited some of my friends, my colleagues at university to come uh, to me, to visit me. The first day they visited me, it was like, oh, I would never come to this village. The guys were, you know, because the place was, you know, remote. Those of you that have visited Kuntolo, you know exactly what I'm talking of. It's a different place, totally different to the city. We are part of the city, but, you know, in theory, when you come to the site itself, it's not like that. So, but even though when it was a bushy place, Richard said, this place, Kuntolo, Lifeline is the capital city of Kuntolo. That's what he used to say. <laughs> and... He says, we are the very one that will bring light to Kuntolo. It was really difficult for us to understand that again. How, you know, we don't even have by then close relationship with community people. The problem was not from us. It was from the community people because they were afraid of us. When, even when we move in group, they are afraid. They, enter, they call their, their kids. Come here, come here, the rebels are coming. They were afraid of us. You do have quite a scary face, though. Well, don't mind that. That's, <laughs> I'll most time put on Max. Don't worry. I will take it off one day. Yeah. Um, but Richard most times pronounce these words, and today we are seeing them live in the community. Even the, the center for the generator, um, the, the, the machine they brought for the, for the community, it's been located within the lifeline compound. The last time when they, they had wanted to service the machine, what they did, they, they removed some of the property and they asked us to keep the thing. You know, the trust is there, and Richard's pronouncements are coming to reality. By then, it was impossible. With our naked eyes, we are not even seeing anything like that. But it was happening. 
It was something that has been done already, but we are now seeing it with our naked eyes. Another thing um, Prince was explaining to me in terms of becoming the, the man of faith that he is, during these times of being, with, being in the, the home, learning God, getting to know who God was, and a desire to, to want to please God was a, was a key thing. So in terms of how did you become this man of faith, there was a deposit, there was the, the gift of Richard Cole and what he brought, and, and knowing God. Now, you're now in a position of authority within the home, um, within the whole projects, really. How did you, how, did you choose this position? How did you, how did you fight to be in the position you're in now? Well, to be honest, I found myself in the place of authority. Uh, it's not like a campaign thing. I didn't campaign to anybody for that. I just find myself in a place of authority. Well, most times, <laughs> the other time, Nathan asked me, he said, why are these guys calling you father? To, to be honest, there's nothing I can say except you ask them. If you ask them, they can tell you. But I don't know why they, they, they just choose to call me father. And the home, my name is Prince Tommy Williams. But when you go there, even now it is difficult. When people come, they ask for Prince Tommy Williams. It's difficult to find me. But if you come, just enter to Lifeline, you ask for father. You access me very, you get me very easily. But that's just it. So I didn't campaign to anybody. But one thing I realized was over the years was the passion, well, we, we are over 80. We are even over, at the time uh, the DDR program was uh, 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 working, I tell you, we are over 150 in Lifeline. To a time, we reduced to 80. Now we are 47. We are 47. So many we are called. Only the few ones left. I tell you, along the line, this guy saw something well in me. That's what is just leading to all this. Some are calling me father. Well, the other day we were playing, and other group of guys started calling me Italian monk. <laughs> Italian monk? Yes, Italian. <laughs> I asked them, what do you mean by that? But they misunderstood the whole thing. Dad wanted to say, uh, because I did the coaching course, someone wanted to say, you know, you are strict when you are right, uh, uh, you hold the, the whistle to ref and the pitch. You don't even connive with anyone, not that you feel sorry for anyone. You know, you just interpret the rules exactly as it's supposed to be. That's what it meant. But like, how to put it, they started calling me Italian monkey and I told them, I'm, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. So, back to it. Um, I didn't compare for anything like that, but like they saw something in me that urged them to call me. And most of them, when they have problems, they come around. They share with me. Now we've already, you know, uh, we've created an atmosphere within the home. You know, it's like a family. Guys from different backgrounds, we are now like a family, one family. In the morning, you see guys will come, this is what is happening with me. This is what, we're, well, <laughs> you know, 
I most times sleep with them in the dormitory, but like if I want to rest for good, I will leave them in the dormitory and come to the clinic. Uh, there's a uh, I have office there. I will prefer uh, uh, I sleep on the stretcher sometimes, and they will still come outside and chase me. Around 1 a.m., you just hear knock, 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 father, father, what's it? Something is happening. I need to go again into the dorm. And the passion there, the care, speaks a volume. So I didn't complain for anything like that. Secondly, the Neymar boys, because of the love extended to them, even in the time of trials, I didn't run away from them. We were together. I was there consoling them. Richard extended love to me, and I thought it wise to extend love to them as well. And I believe that's one of the things that I've led to all these things. So, so you recognize that you didn't come to this position of authority. It was something that you've, you found in you, and really others recognized before you did. So you talked about the Nehemiah boys gravitating to you. All you did was love and wanted to protect them. Also, you saw the adult leaders during the, what I call the dark years, after, after Richard passed and until we saw you guys established, the 2006 to 2009 there was all kinds of nonsense going on and the leaders in fighting, the adult leaders that were there. And then you guys came up. Now, they, they recognized you had an authority because they wanted to buy your support. They wanted you on their side. Mm. So that obviously they saw something. And then um, I remember when, when Nathan came in 2009 and we sat with you and you were saying, oh, there's problems with the leaders here. And Nathan said, there's no problems with the leaders. Like, yes, there is. This problem, this problem, this problem. no, no. The leaders are fantastic. No, 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 you, you don't understand. So, no, you are the leaders. And that was a, a challenge for you, wasn't really, it? Really, really, really. You know, that really challenged us again to another point. You know, uh, at first we felt, uh, what are we doing? It's as if we are not creating impact, you know. But when Jeremy and Nathan visited 2009, you know, it's like they, 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 they really feel the fire to keep burning. You know, they positioned us again to another position whereby we were able to push. It was like, oh, guys, push on. You are the actual person. You are the actual people as far as this thing is concerned. And we, 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 we were like, oh, yes, this is not the wrong decision we've made. We are on the right track. So it was a confirmation through these guys. And that really strengthened us on the inside again to push forward. Uh, Prince was describing to me that there's things that people would say about him that he's not seen for himself, but he would recognize that God's hand has been on him. He, he would say that he's been saved from, he was saved from the jungle for a reason. And I think that's a factor in his position of faith when he looks at his life and thinks, I didn't fight for this. This is something that God grew up inside me. It's not something that, that I've got to cling on to because I didn't get it in the first place. Now, what has having this position of faith enabled you to do? What, it, it, it's nice having a concept, oh, a man of faith, but it makes a difference in, in very key circumstances. So can you describe a little bit about yeah, the differences? Um, 
I believe one is having confidence in God. That helps me to stand firm in the dark days. It was difficult. Humanly speaking, it was difficult. But through the help of God, I was able to, like, stand firm and make strong and strategic decisions. Well, to a time, guys were like, where are we going? You know, we had some guys within that had relatives in the other party that wanted to follow. But the position we were by then, I told Jeremy, I said, the first day they served us the letter to support the other party, I went through the letter I read, and I had to say, the first thing that dropped in my mind was, oh, they've recognized us, yes, we are leaders in this place, yes. And suddenly it just changed. Is that why we are here? To fight? I said, no, we are not going to honor this letter, this invitation. And we called the guys, we informed them, and I believe if I was like, I listened to the flesh, because that was the sound of the flesh. It wasn't of God to say, yes, they've honored us, they've served us later, let us support this party. If we would have done that, it would have been a different story. Totally. But when I got the, 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 the feeling, the touch within, say, oh, this is not of God, and we are not here for that. We are here to create impact. We are once used to cause problems, cause atrocities. And now we should make ourselves available to rebuild the land. So we, de- we decided not to support any. Well, to time, there were teachers within the ministry, even within the church, that used to teach us the word of God, how to stand firm, faith in this. But to time, they didn't live according to the faith. We are to teach them again. Well, example here will be, I don't want to call him, but I just have to. Eddie, this one, I have to meet Eddie one day. I told him, if even you are fighting to please yourself, don't get the boys involved. The word he uttered was, you must feel the pinch. The boys must feel the pinch. When mom and dad quarrel, what happened? The children suffers. So what? That will not be our portion. Sorry, just, just to make that clear. During, after Richard, Richard passed away, there was infighting between um, one, two, two parties that wanted to, to take control. And um, there was a f- both sides wanted to get the Nehemiah boys on their, on their side to, to tip the balance in their favor. But Prince felt it was right to not take positions, to stay neutral in it all. Um, which ends up getting you get beaten from both sides when you, you take that position. But um, he, he and the, the other three uh, leaders felt it would be right to talk to these pastors that were causing this, this issue and say, look, don't drag the, the Nehemiah boys into this. This is your issue. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing this. And the response that he got was, when mum and dads fight, the kids feel the pinch as well, so they need to <laughs> suffer. Well, from that point, we told them, if it's God's will, let God's will be done. We are not going to support any. Well, that was the beginning of that, of, well, I will not say their downfall, their crumbling. Yes, and also, to a point, we noticed that this thing is not about fighting physically. 
Because during Richard's days, Richard used to give testimony in front of everybody, both young and old. His testimony. Up to the point he came to discover this vision. I knew that it was of God. So with that in my mind, I said to the other guys, we need not to fight with these guys applying tricks. When they apply tricks, let us just go according to what God wants us to do. And others thought they were skillful, they were intelligent, so they will apply their tricks and succeed. We were like focused. And some, sometimes uh, the guys would be in a situation where it feels like they're delaying making a decision. And I know from, from uh, me, Nathan, and PJ here in the UK, it's like, no, don't let, them, don't let them do this. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And like, why are they not responding quick enough? They're too slow. We need to speed them up a little bit. But this was the, the, the walk of faith that sometimes it was a, God would put the, put the path just before you step down. It was sometimes they just made the decision as it, as it came about, and it wasn't always easy. Now, be honest. Sometimes it felt like God left you hanging, right? Yeah, humanly speaking, humanly speaking, most times we'll find ourselves in position. Well, some used to ask the question, even within the body, the lifeline guys. But we are praying this thing keeps just disturbing us. We're still praying. Where are we going? What's our hope? Now, I, I think, I mean, I, if I'm honest, I would also recognize with being in that situation. It feels like we've prayed about this, we've responded the best that we can, yet we've not got what we were expecting out of it. How does a man of faith deal with that? Well, to us, earlier on, back to the statement, uh, we need to just hold firm and stand firm, believe in God. Even to a time when there was nothing to eat, other guys decided to, like, depart from us. We used to go to the market. We divide ourselves into groups. Say what? You go for cassava cut cut. Well, yeah, it's strange to you. <laughs> you don't know what's cassava cut cut. But it's in the market, the business people, they come with cassava from uh, the province to Porti Market. When they want to sell the cassava, they will cut the stump, the head, and the, 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 the strong part of the cassava, and then they will sell the cassava itself. So what happens, we used to ask those guys, we divide ourselves into a group in the evening hours, by then we have the pig pen, but there were no much pig there. We only have little, uh, about four by then. So ask these guys to go. When they come, we pick among the pig, the, the cassava cut cut, and we'll go and boil some of the cassava they brought. And sometimes 5,000 leons will use that to buy gari. Uh, gari is a product of cassava, again. So we'll buy gari, put palm oil. Well, some of us sometimes go dry fast. <laughs> we don't have much, so you just have to. Uh, along the line, it was a training, really. God was like preparing us to take us to another level, but we never knew. During the time, we never had communication with John Singleton, even Nathan and those guys. 
we never had that communication. And even there, the guys that we are like heads, call them uh, leaders, they were nowhere to be seen. So we were like the guys on the ground. We used to say men on the ground. <laughs> when, when we prepare the gari, we want to share, we just say men on the ground, you see guys who come around. Whenever you shout men on the ground, you see them. You need not to say full time. Just shout men on the ground. So some of the things that, that this position of faith enabled Prince to, to achieve is to, to stand firm, particularly during those dark days, but, but broader than that, enabled him to teach his teachers what they had been teaching, to demonstrate what it looks like, enabled him to be secure, not needing to fight over status or position because he knew God had put the authority, he didn't need to scheme. He was open-handed, he'd be very open to people. It wasn't something that he was, he was guarding. And perseverance to push through in these, in these times of particular, particular difficulties. So there was no temptation, obviously, at all in any of your walk of life. There's oh, never been oh. anything that's, that's made you want to step away from this position. Jamie, don't force me to lie. There are <laughs> so many, so many temptations, so many. In fact, in life, anything human being do as an individual, you attempt. The devil is always there to try. I'm not saying if you're walking in his court. If you're walking in the devil's court, it is obvious that, yes, he's pleased with you always at all times. But when you're walking out of his court, the devil's court, I tell you, he's not always pleased. He tries to trap you. He tries to what? To get, you, to get all of you. So the temptations were there. There are so many of them. And one of the temptations, there was a time, you know, we had a meeting and... <laughs> They tried to give us money, $300. We'll not even explain this to any of our partners. This came out vividly, and they asked us, we have this money. If only you can take this money, we'll support you. So this, this was one of the, 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 other the party. groups that yeah. were fighting the other the party. Support. We said, what's this? No, we are not willing. If even we don't have anything, take your $300. But that decision, to make that kind of decision, <laughs> humanly speaking, it, it, it's difficult in the human flesh. It's difficult. But to me, I think, I believe within myself that, yes, it was God that was leading us. And boldly, with no hesitance, we said to them, these we are leaders, these we are people that have been leading us. We said to them, no, we are not interested. If ever we don't have money, we'll not take that. Well, <laughs> um, the course I've been doing, I was supposed to graduate this particular year. But again, there's a lecturer. In Africa, we have that, the system. Well, I will not say in Africa, in the world, because things are getting. But there are systems, there are systems in place to control the educational system. So there's a lecturer that actually led to a cause for me to take another exams again this particular year in June. Well, the bitterness was in me. Okay, just to explain that a little bit. So Prince should have completed his degree that he's worked hard for for the last three or four years. Um, and the lecturer failed to submit 
his work for one of his modules, which meant that it's delayed his qualification, which means he has to resit a whole module because of some... He was, he was victimizing you for some strange reason. Well, uh, the system, uh, according to our own system there, we have what we call the primaries. That's final year. You take primary, the primaries, that's qualify you to enter to the final year, after which you go for comprehensive. The comprehensive, uh, you cover models that you've done from second year to final year, cover all those models. And they, they are all categorized. They group them into four models. Models from second year to final year, they put them into four models. You have paper one, paper two, paper three, paper four. Okay. Uh, but this guy, he was the man, uh, my supervisor, and he also teaches human resource management. And this guy failed, deliberately failed to submit this, my, to submit my, my, my grade for my dissertation and to submit the grade for human resource management. I met the HOD, the HOD called him and communicated. He said he's going to submit that. But like the time uh, I started communicating with the HOD, the HOD is said it is too late. But I, you know, to be honest, we don't have that kind of strong system, say, uh, president, student, you know, president, you put your case across and no, forget about it. So, because there is a system there, if you try to like show this man out, it will be like your finger is in his mouth. But like, I still pursue the thing to the HOD. Then he encouraged me to retake the exams. It's too late. There's no way they can reverse that. Senators have already made a decision. I said, okay, I had to discuss that. Well, that bitterness was with, uh, within me against this man, even to the time when I went to British Council to work on the, the documentation for this application, for the Commonwealth application. You know, I had the temptation to go to his office and with a different mindset. <laughs> a different mindset, actually. That temptation, the thing dropped is, I mean, go, go, go and meet him in his office. And that would have been another thing. But I was stepping along the line. I just got a peace within myself. Not to forge ahead with that journey. I had to return. I decided not to. So, Jeremy was asking why you decided not to go. It was not by myself because uh, within myself, when it dropped, I decided to go. But along the way, something just dropped within me not to. And to me, uh, it was a battle. But I'm trying to get rid of that to forgive him. And the day of graduation, I will have to visit him with a clear mindset greet him, congratulate him for his evil deed against me. <laughs> so, I mean, th this is a very real issue for Prince, though he's still, still processing it. But um, some of the, the temptations, he, he also talked about that, the temptation of that letter that came from one side saying, come, come join us. Now, Prince often talks about, but something dropped inside me. Uh, and that, that's the word of faith. That, that God keeps dropping inside him. But we've all, we all get this, but sometimes we don't respond right to it. And so I was thinking, what, what would have been the temptation within that situation? You get this letter, you're desperate for recognition, you're desperate for um, something for, for these young, young guys that you seem to have found yourself responsible for. And here you're being addressed, Dear Prince and the Nehemiah boys, we recognize your leadership, we, we want you on our side. 
could be a puffing up of pride. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. This is is the position that I've got. You wouldn't hear that thing dropping inside him if you took that position. Or if you took a position of fear, of, oh, if we don't pick a side soon, we're going to get beaten by both sides. Let's quickly pick a side. Operate by fear, you don't respond right to, to when that thing drops inside you. Okay, now, how would you describe faith in your experience? <laughs> yes. Faith, to me, it doesn't just come like that. You hear it. It comes by hearing the word of God. And I believe that most of us are seated here today, we must have had God's word. I was saying the other day, if I would have not got the chance to hear God's word, if it would have been a totally different thing in my life. Hearing God's word, and it's not only about hearing God's word, but responding to it. I can still remember I had God's word years back. But the atmosphere I found myself at the age of 15, 16 was not conducive to like practice it. That's the jungle. But that seed was planted in me. When I came out of the jungle, the seed was still in me. But I don't have the atmosphere where I, where I can practice it. And I found myself again, even in the Neymar home. To a time, others started calling me holy than thou. <laughs> so it's not like just hearing the word of God, but responding to it is very, very important again. And how you build up your faith, when you hear the word, you believe in God, you hold on to his word. It's not like seeing it. There are definitions I have there that I want to just read to us all. And there are key words in this definition that I want us to like underline. One can be the seeing and applying The truth. To the conviction of anything, trust or confidence springing from that conviction. But like the last one, which is from the Holy Bible, the New Century Version. I don't know who's got that here today. Do we have anybody with New Century Version? Bible, we don't have. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It reads, Faith means being sure, I underline the word sure, being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real, even if we do not see it. Even if we do not see it, there was a time when some of those things that are falling in place now, they were not feasible. 
They were not physically seen. But by faith, we were seeing them. We hold on to God's word. He promised us that even when we walk through the fire, through the waters, he will be with us. And we are confident in him. And by that, we are able to like overcome. Today is now a testimony. Most of this thing I'm sharing. Now, you get to Sierra Leone, there are so many war-affected ex-soldiers. You go to Liberia, there are so many ex-soldiers. But I tell you, the testimony is different. And some are unique, some are Faith can take you to height. It's not your own understanding. It's not by your own structure. It's not by your own strength. But when you believe in God, God can take you to that height. So to me, the word I underlined, sure, I was confident, I was sure that in God, it is possible God can take us through. And I didn't waver. Hope. The other word I underline in the definition is hope. My hope, our hope, the Neymar boy's hope was built on God. Knowing that something is real, it wasn't feasible, but to us it was real. So, that's the way we define and we, we, we really hold on to the, these words. There was another phrase that, that you said that I liked. That You said, um, faith helps us obey even when we don't understand the how or the why. Yeah. I yeah. like that one. It was an empowering thing. Yeah. Now, when we talked about this together, we said there was, there was three things going back to how do we get the faith that we see in you. What were the three things that, that you feel were important for us? Well, before coming to that, I just want to go through this. Um, there was a survey done by somebody. The guy is called Doga Dingari. This guy did a research and discovered that there are 2 million children have died in wars. 6 million children have been disabled. 12 million children have been left homeless. And 1 million children have been orphans. Countless children have been psychologically marked. That's what he says. But I was saying to Jeremy, if this guy see me today... And he was talking like the research was done uh, about um, war-affected kids. If this guy see me today, if he will be able to say, this is one of the guys I made research on. That's a question I, I, I asked him this morning. If this guy see me today, let's say the two of us, we see facially, and I just say I'm from Sierra Leone, one of the Africa you did research on uh, war-affected kids. About 10 years back, this, according to his research, I don't think if he will be able to say, no, you are part of, you fall in one of this group, he won't be able to identify that. Faith took me to this level. 
back to the question, well, how do you get your faith? How do you get my faith? Have people who tell you the truth of God. Have people, be around people that will tell you things about God. Be around people that will learn you if you don't know. Be around people that will teach you the things of God. That's just one. And that helps me like I was able to grow. My faith grew to a point. I was like firm and unshakable. Richard was one of the people I found myself with. Remember in the jungle I said there was no atmosphere, no conducive atmosphere. Simply, yes, the thing was inside me. But there were no group of people that would come around to say, yes, this is what God's will say. This is what God is about. This is. But when I came to Richard, Richard was a kind of man that was like fertilizing my faith. Fertilizing my faith to grow. So, I advise that we keep being around people that will share the word together with us, that will teach us, that we can share the word too. Let's be around people like those. And most times when we're facing difficult, we need God to affirm, to confirm things in our lives. Don't just draw up conclusions out of your feelings, emotional feelings. Lastly, believe him, even if you don't see it. There are sometimes, you know, you take ventures, but like you don't even know what will be the result. <laughs> you know, financial people, they draw up conclusion, say, uh, this business we are entering into, is, the capital is 500000 and we'll have to make 200,000 profits, and so uh, it's worthwhile. This business is worthwhile. Along the line, considering the weeks, they put the weeks corner, and they will have to, yes, this, let's say, the worst case, 200,000 will be out of it. Then when they enter into the, <laughs> enter into the business, say the profit is just a capital, they realize, oh, this was not a good business. That was out of human analysis, the human analysis. But I tell you, when you are with God, even you don't see it, God will lead you. So, so how do you get your faith? Have people around you that tell you the truth of God. Ask God to confirm things that he wants you to do to, uh, to, to believe. And then the choice to, to choose it to believe it even if you don't see it. One of the things that strikes me often when Prince is telling me is, and I say, why didn't you choose that? Because I don't think that's what God would want. I think, how often do I ask myself that question when I'm thinking, oh, I'm tired, I'm not sure if I, I want to do this, or I'm not sure if I want to serve that person. Asking that question, but what, what does God want? And he will give you an answer. So our encouragement, put yourself around people that tell you the truth. Ask God to confirm that truth and then choose it even if you don't see it. How many people felt stirred 
as Prince and Jamie were sharing. I could listen to that almost all day, and many of the things that they've shared wouldn't necessarily be factually new things. Um, they may have been things that we've heard in, in churches many times over, but when you see the product of that in a very real and simple way lived out, it, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? I just want Prince to pray for us, actually, um, because I think he is bringing something for us. Um, he brings it with an authority based on a faith worked out and experience. Um, and I think there are people sitting here today who realize that there is something more for them to, to grab. And so, Prince, would you mind just praying for us um, and, and ask God, well, be led to, to pray for us in terms of what he wants us to bring. Shall we pray? Since I got Jesus in my life, my worries are over. My worries are over. Since I got Jesus in my life, my worries are over. Father Lord, we want to thank you for a day like this. We know you care for us. You consider for your children. And God, this moment, I want to commit each and every one here, God, in terms of power. They've had your word, Jehovah. But God, the application of faith in their lives, in the physical, in situations, God, becomes a problem. But God in you, all things are possible. Today we pray in the name of Jesus that God, you strengthen them on the inside of God. Because when the strength is inside God, it reflects on the outside. Lord, therefore we pray that God, you visit, oh God, each and every one that have been desiring, oh God, Father, for your touch. Father, that you touch today in the name of Jesus. There is nothing impossible in you. Let their expectation be met in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray that God, the faith in them, oh God, the faith that have been deposited as they've had your word, the beginning of faith. Help them, oh God, to go in faith in the name of Jesus. Help them, oh God, strengthen them, direct their path in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, do your work in their lives. In Jesus' name.